Welcome to episode 24 of Unfolding Words, Problems in Your Promised Land. I'm your host, Antresia Moorings, and this is the weekly podcast aimed at sharing biblical truth to offer life for your walk and life for your soul. You know, studying God's work is like studying a diamond. Each facet has its own splendor, and each facet comes together to display something of glorious worth. And so that's my aim every week is to share a little bit of splendor from God's word that will in turn inspire you to go and look for diamonds of your own and then put all those diamonds together and see how glorious God's word is. I pray that that is what I'm doing for you as you listen week after week. Today, we're going to talk about Abraham, the father of faith and the problems that he encountered in the promised land. Now, it's easy for us to read the story of Abraham and romanticize it a bit. You know, he was called out. He God gave him these great, wonderful promises. And we know the end of the story. But Abraham walking it out day by day, step by step. I'm sure it wasn't as glorious as it seems to us. So when you look at Genesis 12, where the main story of Abraham is told, we see that his journey really begins as a disaster of sorts. So the initial results of Abraham's journey was not promising. There was a fierce competition for the land, which we see in Genesis 12. Abraham spent a long time trying to even find a place. We know that he was a sojourner and an exile in a foreign land. And the economic situation in the land that God called him to became so dire that he ended up having to leave it and go to Egypt hundreds of miles away to even sustain himself and his family. Talk about a road trip gone bad. Abraham is a poster boy for bad road trips. Now, many people of his stature would have probably headed back home. Now, when Abraham left Haran, he set out for the land of Canaan and he already had wealth This is what history books tell us, that he was already a man of stature and wealth when God called him out. And by modern standards, his family was already large or the entourage that came with him was a very significant one. And we know that there were a number of people, doesn't say, but there were a number of people that came with him, including his wife, Sarah, and his nephew, Lot. And then when Abraham came to the land, God made him very wealthy. He acquired servants and livestock, silver and gold. And while he was in Egypt, he acquired servants and animals. And so all of this wealth, he could have said, look, I've made it. I've arrived. I'm going back home because this is not what I was expecting. This is not what I wanted to leave everything for. But he's not called the father of faith for nothing. We will see why he kept trudging through despite all of the problems that he saw. It's because he looked through eyes of faith and understood that God's blessing was more than he was going to be able to see with his natural eye. Now, when we look at the promise, the problems are clear immediately. First, God called Abraham to a land that was inhabited, first of all. And then he called Abraham to a land that was famine struck. Number three, he was unable to support he and his nephew Lot. And then finally, the land was war torn. So right there, number, it would have got me at number one. The land is inhabited. Okay, there's no place for me. But we see that there were a number of problems 
that Abraham faced. So after God makes the promise in Genesis 12, Abraham trusts and obeys God and moves to Canaan. And God tells him to travel the length and the breadth of the land and to build altars and establish the worship of God in this land of Canaan. And in doing so, Abraham was stretched in in many ways. So as he's walking the land, establishing altars, he's taking on the role of a priest because he's establishing worship in this land where God's worship did not even exist. In Genesis 14, Abraham, Abraham has to rescue Lot from a confederation of kings who had banded together in a war. So there he has to act as a king to do battle with these other kings. And he establishes himself as a royal figure. So as he's encountering these problems, he's always he's also stretching himself personally in many ways by stepping into these new roles. One of the big problems with the land is that Abraham does not yet own it. God says, this is your land, but he doesn't have the title deed per se to this land yet. God tells him he'll be a nation, but nations don't exist unless they have a territory to occupy. So Abraham has to accept this by faith that he has a land and he will be a nation as well. So when God tells Abraham that he will possess the land, he understandably asks him, how will I know this? And then God goes through a covenant process to let him know how and when he will acquire the land. But even though Abraham has this covenant ceremony with God and he has God's promise, there's still the issue of famine, the weakness of the land and war that he has to contend with. The land has problems, plain and simple. It's very clear to see. And while Abraham doesn't own anything in this land yet, we'll see that he never will own anything. The only land he will ever truly own is the burial plot that he buys for Sarah after she passes away. This is certainly not all of the land that he saw or that he walked through. For Abraham to receive this promise and for him to receive it forever meant that he and his descendants would have to live forever. So for Abraham, the promise takes on a new dimension. For him, he realizes that it's going to be more than just a material promise. So clearly God's promise of the land to Abraham goes far beyond a physical inheritance. It's an eternal inheritance that's bestowed on those who become his spiritual descendants through faith. But that still doesn't negate the problems that Abraham has to face as he walks out these promises. So as I mentioned, there were four major problems that Abraham faced. Number one, the land is inhabited and it's inhabited by the Canaanites. And if you know your Bible history, the Canaanites are one of the major enemies of the nation of Israel. The um, Canaanites were made up of different groups, the Amorites and the Hittites and some other ites. And the Israelites, when they were led to the promised land, were commanded to utterly destroy the Canaanites before that they before they could even possess the promised land in Joshua. And later we'll see Abraham ask his servants to go find a wife for Isaac in his homeland because he does not want his son to have a wife from among the Canaanite women. So clearly the land is inhabited by a people who are not like-minded and who are not um, like God. Number two, a famine struck. So as soon as he gets into the land, 
we're not even there a few years and a famine strikes. So Abraham is driven down to Egypt and the land that will later be described as one that is flowing with milk and honey doesn't have the resources to sustain Abraham. God called Abraham to a place that was dependent on rainfall for crops and livestock to be sustained, but that's not even a reality for him because he's about to go hungry. And then thirdly, the land was unable to support he and Lot. So this promised land that Abraham is called to seems weak. Now, this was no problem for the natives because we don't see any issue with them fighting or having strife in this land. The land caused a separation between family members. There was strife between Abraham's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. And then it says, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in that land. So while there's strife going on, their neighbors are living just fine. But it's the promise people who are having the issue. And then the final problem is that there's war. This is a war-torn land that God calls Abraham to. So after Abraham and Lot parted ways and Lot got settled in Sodom, a war broke out between the kingdoms of Sodom and Gomorrah and some of the other local kingdoms. And the Sodomites were defeated and Lot was taken prisoner. So Abraham had to gather up 318 of his men and go and rescue his nephew. He had to overcome these four kings, pursue them and free Lot. And he was able to do so and gather all their possessions back. Now, this seems a lot for a promise that Abraham will never physically possess. But even in all of this, Abraham did not forsake God or walk away from the promise that he gave, which mainly looked like a problem from the get go. Abraham had enough faith to say, despite the problems that I'm walking through and what I see, I'm going to hold on to God and hold on to this promise. Now, God has an upside down kingdom in the New Testament. When Jesus came, his disciples expected for him to be the king who would conquer the Roman Empire and reign and put his foot on the neck of his enemies. But instead, Jesus came and he had a kingdom of his own, but it was a kingdom that would come through the cross. So God's idea of how the promise looks and our idea of how the promise looks never matches up. But one thing that does match up is that the promise will always be glorious in the end. It's the process to the promise that is often wrought with problems, but God will always deliver grace and blessings for having to endure those problems on the way to the promised land. God's blessings will often operate opposite to how we would expect them to. That's just the way it goes. God's ways are higher than our ways, and we can never fully grasp what he's doing. And his blessings are given to the most unlikely recipients, but his promise always advances, though human opposition is strong. And we see that in the story of Abraham. And the same is with you. You will have to do the same as Abraham when you're presented with a promised land from God. You will have to muster up the strength and determination to walk through the problems to the promise. You will have to drive out the inhabitants. Your promise may not look like it even belongs to you. Maybe it's too big. Maybe it's too far. Maybe it's too something. Fill in the blank. 
but you will have to go in and establish worship where there has been no worship established oftentimes. So God will call you out of a place to a new place that looks like it's not your territory, but God will confirm time and time again that it is your territory. You just have to do the work through faith and prayer and worship to obtain the promise. And when it looks like God's place of promise won't sustain you, you will have to trust that God always provides, no matter what it looks like. God is a provider. That's just his nature. In creation, he showed his provision for us. You can see it for Adam and Eve. He provided everything they needed in the garden. God will never call you to a promise and leave you with no provision. He will never, ever do that because that's not in his nature. So perhaps your place of promise will cause a separation of sorts. You will have to leave a comfortable place, a place you've put down roots. Maybe you've formed community. Maybe you've gotten a title. But sometimes God will call you out, which causes a separation from the things you love and the things you've established and that you've built up. Maybe you've built up a nice little comfortable kingdom right where you are. And God, in his kingly and sovereign way, snatches it from beneath you and calls you to a new place. That is going to cause a separation because you'll have to leave the old to venture out into the new. And then you'll have to take authority over that which is fighting against you, whether it's doubt, whether it's people, whatever it is, you will, like Abraham, have to stand up in your kingly authority and fight against the doubters and the fear. God has a promised land for you today. If you are a child of God, if you are following him, there is a promised land for you today. Yes, there is an eternal promised land for all of us, but there's a personal promised land just for you. And I'm confident that there is something he wants you to do in your business, in your home, in your marriage, something special that he wants to do specifically for you. But first, you must focus on the sovereign and perfect will of God. And realize that the promised land may include some problems on the way, but that doesn't negate the fact that it's still your promise. God's promise doesn't always look or feel peaceful or even look promising for that matter. It may look dismal to you when you're looking at it through natural eyes. But one thing we know, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith, trusting that God always makes things work out for our good. So be encouraged today. If you are facing problems on the way to your promised land, you're in good company. It happened to the best of those in the scriptures, those fathers of the faith, those in the faith hall of fame. They all encountered problems when it came to the promise. So keep the faith, fight, establish authority and worship and know that God has got you. So that's it for this episode of Unfolding Words this week. If you were encouraged by this episode, I'd love it if you leave a review for me on iTunes or Stitcher. There are links in the show notes for you to do this. And until next week, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.